0: You know your mom's getting evicted? It says right here. Tenant must vacate the premises due to non payment of rent. You know about this? Morning. It's working on some
1: cereal. I was just talking to your precious son about this eviction situation. You planning on telling me about this, huh?
0: Oh, honey, that, that. It's just a mistake. you a fucking liar. Hey, man! No, no, stay out of this rabbit. It's okay, don't worry. I'm taking care of it. Don't! Stop, man. Fuck, man! Oh. Fuck, your problem! Don't you don't touch it. my mother, no, man! No, st- stay out of it! Stay out of it! I'm out of here. I can't go out with someone like you. Are you gonna let him just talk to you like this? Just with two don't, homeless don't, don't kids.
1: Ah, bummer, ah, bummer. Jimmy, Jimmy, please ah. stop it. Stop it. Stop it. you! Ah. Freedom, stop. Ah. Fuck you. Ah. Stop it. Stop ah. it. Ah. Ah. Stop it. Stop ah. 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 Stop it. shit. Ah.
2: Ah. Ah. Oh my God, Lily, come here baby, come here, it's okay, come here baby, come here, it's okay, it's okay. And Travis Roy Coming to a speaker near you Right now
1: Hey everybody Welcome to the Cinema 9 Podcast I am Travis Roy To my, I guess to my right Or sort of is co-host Eric Branstrom And stepping in today uh, in awesome. place of our good buddy, Mike Govier, who can't be with us today because I quote, life got the better of me, I think it was, is our, our good, good friend, friend, Luke Horlbeck.
0: With an echo. What's up, it's bro un- team? With,
1: oh, that's un- that's unbearable. With
0: a, with a terrible, terrible echo. echo.
1: What is happening? happening? Is that, yeah, that's you, Luke. <laughs> I muted you. And uh, we got some some mad, mad echo. So I'm going to ask you to figure that out. And then we'll bring you back on. But thank you, Luke, so much for, for coming on board with us. Um, I guess I should probably let you uh, mute yourself. Hey, is this fun to listen to? Does it sound like <laughs> you're peeking behind the screen of uh, and seeing you know, how the sausage is made here at Cinnamon 9 Podcast? We're a little discombobulated today, but that's all right. Eric, how are things in Griffith, Indiana?
0: <laughs> We're wonderful, man. I got to tell you, it's a beautiful Thursday. I've got my uh, cup of coffee with French vanilla creamer. And I, I about an hour ago, I ate a Klondike bar. and It's been like 10 years. Those are so good, man. Like, it was so good. I almost had another one. But that's kind of where my life is right now. Coffee and Klondike's.
1: That seems like a pretty good place. Luke, Protein. Yeah. how you doing, buddy? Can you talk to us? He's, shak- he's shaking his head. All right. Well, our guest host okay. may not actually be able to host. But... We're really happy to have him uh, viewing us from the uh, perspective that he is. (laughs) Uh, You know, if you don't know, Luke is a co-host of another show that Mike Gauvier has called Is It Safe? So we encourage you to check that out. And Luke is at this point when he does, uh, when he's able to come on, uh, he is like our Tom Hanks to Saturday Night Live. You know, he's like Paul Mm -hmm. Simon. You know, he's like our go to kind of most frequently tapped guest host. So we really appreciate him coming on.
0: He's a three-time very welcome guest host whom you heard on the legendary Vanilla Sky episode as well as the Since other guys and uh Blood Diner. So we've had a lot of fun with the legendary Luke Horlbeck over the past couple of years. And I believe Her, he was uh,
1: also on the uh, Place Beyond the Pines episode with us as well.
0: Dude, you're absolutely right. And he may be just looking at us creepily from his basement cellar. But uh, we really hope (laughs) his audio comes through as soon as we can talk Detroit in 1995.
1: Um, So, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with him. He's trying to talk to us, but this is, uh, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. It's (laughs) pantomime rage. Uh, Anyways, we're going to get moving here. Oh, and I'm also doing well. I guess I'll check in with myself. I'm I'm here in lovely Detroit getting ready for uh, some snowfall hoping that maybe it will lead to no work tomorrow morning. We'll see, fingers crossed, even though it's like, I'm I'm paid hourly, so I kind of want to work, but also, I don't like driving in hazardous conditions, so, you know, that's yeah. how I feel.
0: Remember snow days? Remember you'd get up and, like, look at the bottom of the screen and see if your county would come up, and would see Livingston and be like, oh, hell yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing, is, is I still get snow days, because I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. so I'm praying for a snow day. <laughs> You're a teacher. Yeah, I've okay.
0: had four snow days, but I've had to do e-learning so i had to teach from my house on a snow day it's been
1: horrible uh, that defeats the point entirely yep. oh yep. do
2: i need to be unmuted oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was so convinced i was so convinced there was some like really in the weeds impossible problem to figure out that i didn't take to look at the mute button ah when you enter the studio you're automatically muted I forgot about that.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, professional podcaster Luke Horlbeck has joined us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is it is the sound okay? Because I, I literally had to like take my, I had you to unconnect you. my mic. We're
1: just glad to have you. Don't even worry okay. about
2: it. You okay. Sound,
1: you sound great.
2: I, I will hear about this from Mike later. I guarantee it. He'll be oh. like, what the hell is wrong with your sound?
1: And rightfully so.
2: But that's yes. fine. It's good for <laughs> now. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I heard what you guys were saying about me. Um, thankfully it was <laughs> nice all positive thanks. Nice thanks. yes nice thanks so thank you for having me back guys this is uh it's always a thrill and when mike asked me to do this i was like yeah what are you guys watching and he said eight mile and i was like thank god i watched that two days ago because i had no time
1: what are the odds of you watching <laughs> that movie two days ago it's like it was meant to be
2: <laughs> i guess it was hopefully whatever issues mike is mike's life is throwing at him is are not meant to be
1: yes hopefully that is a uh, a passing storm cloud on an otherwise bright and sunny day
2: uh, <laughs> yes oh man okay all right guys i'm sorry about that that was that was terrible
1: it's all right it's okay you're here now all right you're, you're safe it is safe here at this podcast yes. it actually is safe we can tell you you're in a safe space you're in your
2: own basement <laughs> thank you sir yes i am i am in the bunker uh this is the only place to record and i I don't think we can blur out our backgrounds unless you've got some kind of fancy. Unless you pay for some kind of thing for I don't know. for this, this is, service.
1: This is all Mike's thing. I don't, I don't yeah, know, I don't know what's going yeah.
2: on. Yeah, uh, it's like well, people can see me, and now I'm like, oh my god, now I'm super self-conscious about my basement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're That's used. To, you're, you're used to being uh, just invisible. On is it safe, huh?
2: I'm used to being on uh, Microsoft Teams, and I can just blur my backgrounds, uh, so I never oh. have to worry about it. Gotcha.
1: All right, well, this is the part of the show where we typically talk about what we've been watching the quarantine viewing pick section of the podcast. I'll get it started as I always do, although I'll be honest with you. I haven't been uh, haven't been watching all that much. I've been listening to a lot of Mark Lanigan, R.I.P., and and his many projects, but I haven't really had a lot of time to watch much. I went to uh, visit family for an extended weekend. And I didn't really watch any movies down there with my mom. I did watch, uh, start, started watching that new HBO Max show. Um, what's it called? The Gilded Age? Okay. I'm going to mute you, Luke. <laughs> um, moving the holiday boxes. <laughs> um, st- st- all right, you can mute yourself if you want to. Anyways, so I started watching The, the Gilded Age. I'm a, I'm a fan of Julian Fellows. I, 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 my, my, me and my whole family, we all like Downton Abbey quite a bit. And as a historian, you know, the Gilded Age is one of my favorite eras, although so far a lot more attention has been been being paid in the show to the gold part, not so much the rotten inside part. So I'm looking forward to a little bit more of an in-depth analysis into the, you know, disparity of the era. I also um, checked in with, from 2007, this Neil Gaiman-based film, Stardust. Do you guys ever see this movie? I, I remember it coming out vaguely, and it's saw so with like, uh
2: nathan fillion right
1: no um that's, oh he's in the show no that you're thinking of firefly. Uh, oh firefly firefly, firefly. firefly. sorry yeah, my bad okay yep um so this is this is a fantasy film from neil gaiman and the cast is huge charlie cox and uh claire claire dane uh danes or dane i'm suddenly blanking that woman she uh it's
2: got an s S on the end okay her
1: she's 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 in it as is
2: like michelle
1: pfeiffer robert downey jr and some of the worst work i've ever seen him do uh rupert everett just blowing in mark strong this cast is like nuts jason fleming this cast is just insane but uh it's weird because it really it's like i'm watching this movie i've never seen a less likable protagonist i think than charlie cox in this movie but it's got huge just great reviews people apparently really love stardust maybe i'll revisit it in a few years and like it the way i did captain america first avenger i have been trashing this movie since 2011 and saying it's the worst marvel movie but i showed it to my uh 12th grade history class um because Kind of a treat. Like, we're, we're doing the era. I was talking about, you know, there's, I, I found a way to wedge in things like Himmer, Himmler's obsession with the occult and Operation Paperclip and that kind of stuff. I found ways to like try and make this remotely, tangentially something I could show them so they could glean some something historical from it. And you know what? It's a decent period piece. It's a good Marvel movie. I don't know why I've been so rough on it. I actually really enjoyed it.
0: Cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's Joe Johnston. So it's like, Got the whole like very light, fair, very mild.
1: Yeah, I'm not crazy about the uh action sequences in it, and uh, to be honest, I think that the action sequences are pretty light, uh, pretty light, like two mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I don't know, they're too like summer blockbuster and uh, the climax of the final fight between Red Skull and Captain America is pretty anticlimactic. Uh, but other than that, you know, pretty decent movie, and that's all I watched. That and eight mile, I didn't, I didn't watch much.
0: Dang. And Hugo Weaving was fucking awesome as Red Skull.
1: Oh, yeah. He was perfect for Red Skull. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really was. Schmidt.
2: Perfect for just about any villain ever. <laughs> when, when, you need, when, you need, when you need a villain that is that is almost like interdimensional, that's the guy you pick. Exactly. Like per, he's, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's something kind of outer out of this world about him. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. So
1: what about you, Eric? What have you been watching? Well, <laughs>
0: been a slow week for me too man oh, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on with both of us like these <laughs> days are getting so short it's like i come home from work and i like eat trash and go to bed um <laughs> so i'm sitting there watching uh 1940s pinocchio the original animated film oh, uh, yeah. second animated feature from Walt disney and man it's been a hell of a long time and as the film progresses i'm confronted with Scene after scene of the most horrific things you can <laughs> imagine happening to, granted, a wooden boy, but, I mean, let's break this down. As soon as he comes to life, he gets abducted by an, anth- let me try this, anthropomorphic fox man yes. named Honest John, who, there's none of these, there's no more of these, like, in the entire world. It's just this one Creature called Honest John who has a fox head <laughs> and he abducts who he thinks is a, a boy, forces him into a stage show. Yeah. And when that doesn't work out, he's sold to this fucking guy called the coachman and sent to uh, what do they call this place? Pleasure Island, Pleasure oh. Island.
1: yeah, yeah. I want to go there <laughs> along with many
0: other boys to Pleasure Island to yeah. drink beer, smoke, it's and dark. eventually get turned into animals it's yes like what is this story
2: well that was one of the scariest things i ever saw as a child it really was disturbing it's the original body horror
1: i mean it's like i mean the book honestly kind of is in a way, and the movie is too. I, I, I say that like I've read the book. I've never read the book, but right. um <laughs> but uh, the that Disney movie certainly is. And yeah, there's something going on with uh, the whole Pleasure Island thing, and there's they're saying things about manhood here that I'm not sure I've ever quite understood. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, your conscious sure needs and, to be said, but uh, you, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, every year there's an adaptation, and you body horror, dude. David Cronenberg I'm waiting for his adaptation the king of body horror taking on uh, Pinocchio uh, yeah, on Pleasure right? Island
1: Well we're getting Guillermo Del Toro oh, dear this, God. Y- this year so Vigo Are Moore's you serious? Oh, Bring okay. It. okay
2: Is that Is Vigo going to be Geppetto? It's animated, no. <laughs> right? Um,
0: <laughs> um Guillermo's is there's two coming out. There's one like every year, Roberto oh, Benini just made one last year. Again? So Guillermo Del Toro's what? doing do this Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is doing the CGI one, and then um, Bob Zemeckis is doing the live action with Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Like, I, I don't know what's going on here. Like,
2: I think it. I think it's it. one of those that's easy to remake because you know I think that original has some kind of odd teetotaler like slice to it, where it is it is about you know abstinence and you know preventing kids from doing wrong and getting into trouble and all that, and you can kind of like use that. In any framework you want. I mean, if you want to make it an anti-fascist film, you can make it an anti-fascist film. If you want to be anti-capitalist, you can do that. but They probably won't, but you know, you can you can really merge that onto anything. So I, I can see why, why it keeps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's there's so many. There are so many yeah. ways you can make it work.
1: Well, that and it's recognizable IP that's in the public. Yeah, you know, that too. Yeah,
2: public yeah. ownership. So that yeah.
1: that, that helps. Uh, is that all you watched, Eric?
0: Other than that, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been watching a lot of old episodes of The Price is Right on YouTube with Bob Barker. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's cozy. And last night, they seriously—you um, know how you got to like, you got to bid on an item before you can get out of the stage. A fucking microwave oven went for $750 in 1978. $750 for a microwave.
2: Doesn't sound worth it. Yeah, but. Eric is, Eric is doing price, price analysis on consumer goods uh, going really back am. for the last 50 years. <laughs> yeah,
1: oil of Olay, over
0: $5 in 1980. Incredible. <laughs> um, shame, <laughs> to that that is, shame to say that that is it. 20 episodes of The Price is Right and Pinocchio. <laughs> All
2: right. Is oil of right. Olay cheaper now? I feel like it's got to be cheaper now. Does I don't it know. Still exist?
0: But the commercial yes. for it in nineteen eighty was one of the classic like early eighties where like they're in Japan and there's like gongs and it's like the mysteries of the Orient. Just because like an Asian woman is putting it on, it's cringe worthy.
2: Classic. Yikes. Yikes.
1: What about you, Luke? Yeah. You've been watching Cl- you've been watching movies lately besides Eight Mile, incidentally?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I did I watched Eight Mile and I I after the Super Bowl, I I was like, Man, I haven't seen Eight Mile in years. So yeah, that I watched obviously, and oh, I, I did have a joke pre-prepared for that. Um, I was <laughs> I was going to say, oh, you mean I shouldn't have just been watching Lose Yourself videos all day, uh, but I've already missed that opportunity. Uh, I watched two movies today oh. that both both were good. Both were interesting. I watched Antlers, which I'm sure I'm late to the party on. I liked it. Okay. I hated it. Oh, Eric hated it. Okay. Awful. Too bad we're not talking about that i feel like could have really had a lot of conversation there and i watched the new texas chainsaw which i did not know existed
1: so feel-good movies
2: two feel-good <laughs> movies today yeah I, I work from home so while i'm while i'm crunching data and looking at freaking spreadsheets uh, that's yeah. the only thing i can do to wake my mind up and feel alive again
0: How's <laughs> was in oh, okay. texas chainsaw i heard uh i heard it was horrible
2: Oh, I guess it depends on who told you that and what their angle was.
1: I'm guessing it's someone who watched it and thought it was horrible.
2: That's what I guess too, but that's not enough information. No, I mean, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy put it the the best way because he and I were just having a chat about this about an hour ago that, you know, it, it pays off on all the ways it's supposed to pay off. I mean, it is, we all know what this property is. We all know what that, that film is supposed to be, but Uh, in these, these movies, they often just, they, they withhold the monster for so long in these films. And then it it never quite pays off in the way that like people who are fans of kind of splatter horror and all that, you know, really want, not that that's really my thing, but I thought that it was, uh, I thought it was really well done, especially for the fact that it's, this is now like the, what, sixth or seventh movie uh, done for this overall, uh, franchise, it's a direct sequel to the original. I think it probably skips over the, the original sequel with um Hopper. Yeah, Hopper. Thank you. Uh so I think it probably skips over the original sequel, although I don't remember that one. I saw it like way too long ago. And it is uh it's it's fairly dynamic. It has a really good setup. I thought it was great. It basically sets the entire story set up with, you know, these like Millennials uh driving a Tesla are going through Harlow Texas and they buy essentially an entire town like a a little town like a ghost town you know what you would see is a ghost town um you know like a a theme park area Mm -hmm. so they buy they buy a whole town you know which contains what 15 20 or 30 buildings or something like that and they own one of the buildings and they're going to open up restaurants and they bring all these fucking millennial dipshits down from New York and they're going to, or from Austin, actually, I just assume New York, but they, they're coming down from Austin and they've all got a ton of money and they're just like auctioning off these, these buildings. So this, this town that has been absolutely, uh, you know, obliterated completely, you know, has fallen into a, complete state of disrepair is, is being like picked for fucking the bones are being picked apart. And these kids are like, they're all it's, they make a very good point to say like, these are all fucking like, they're like teenagers, you know, and and nobody over like the age of 30 is in this group. And they bring this whole bus down. It's like tourist bus and all these kids file out and they just sit, nah, they, they, they sit in their chairs and they start bidding on these, properties and they just start buying them up and meanwhile there are people that still live there who are you know witness to this and you know has a lot of clear implications for kind of shit that's happening now and then when uh, leatherface really has his go at it there are people trying to like TikTok him because you know they don't realize it's (laughs) fucking real and so there's there's a lot of that stuff going on and thought that was entertaining uh obviously i don't think we want to hear me talk about that for 35 minutes but it was worth a while I mean it's definitely worth a watch and the fact that someone Eric knows hates it and or no Eric hated it and somebody else liked it wait was that you
0: you're thinking of antlers? things
2: yeah oh it's like, your, like anyhow oh you haven't seen you haven't seen Texas I think you should see no, it I don't no, want to no. yeah I don't want to spoil it it's it's worth a watch it's good all right it's good it's good, it's good enough it's worth uh, it's worth discussing, which is usually my that's usually the bar that I have. <laughs> if okay. I can if I can talk about it with other people, then that's worth watching.
1: Is there many movies that you find that you have nothing
2: to say about? No, not me. But I if, so. if I <laughs> but if I can't talk to somebody <laughs> else about it, like if ah. someone's like, "Dude, I can't even," yeah, this is worthless. Then yeah, there's food on that. Maybe mind. I wouldn't recommend it. Yes. <laughs> yes,
1: all right, yes, all right, cool. So, you'd recommend both those movies then?
2: Yeah. yeah. All right. I'd say, cool. go, I'd say go for it.
1: All right. Well, those are the movies that we have been watching, guys, which means that we're segueing from that a little bit early, but that's okay, into, I, I guess, the actual movie itself, which is Eight Mile. Last week, uh, it was Eric's cho- turn to choose what the next film we would be, would explore would be. And inexplicably, the man shows uh, eight mile.
2: Oh, yeah. oh, shit. Don't you worry, Rabbit? I got
1: you back. Hey, hey, hey what's up,
0: B? You fuck with us, bitch. Hold shut up, yo, bitch. ass off, oh, oh, get, oh, oh, get, no. hey, get off, man. Get
2: off, what the fuck
1: you to do? not Let him go.
2: Yeah! You wanna fuck with us? Huh? Fuck with us, yeah? Shut up, what the fuck are you doing, man? Where did you get that shit? It's my mom! Man, put that shit away, dog. Before you fucking kill somebody! Papa Dog had one! Put it away!
1: Man, put that down, man. Come on, Cheddar. Okay, alright! Fuck!
0: man! Oh, shit. Fuck! Let's get out of here.
1: Eric, the floor is yours. Tell us, why did you choose 8 Mile?
0: Yeah, I told you there was going to be a risky choice, and uh, I was on the fence for a long time on this one. Uh, but I just been thinking about it recently, man. Like Eminem uh, has, M&M has been popping up in the news, and he's up for like Hall of Fame induction this year. And I don't know. I just got to thinking about him, and then I started thinking about this film. The fact that twenty year anniversary is upon us uh, in November, and this was a big deal, man. In two thousand two, uh, a lot of people were talking, mostly. The, the question of the day was two questions. Can this guy act? And why is Curtis, Curtis Hansen making a movie about uh, Slim Shady? Uh, so it definitely got me thinking, man. And um, what else was I was going to say? Like, you know, the state of Detroit is, is a big topic. And, you know, sadly, Mike isn't here. But I'm really glad Luke is here so we can talk, uh, you know, a little bit about the D and what's been going on uh, the past 20 years in terms of, like, it's – almost characterization as this society blight and all this sort of stuff and and just how film has treated it you know over the past 20 some years plus Mm -hmm. Uh, I just thought it'd be a conversation starter because as as much as uh, our podcast is you know about examining films that we really really used to love and getting another look at them I think uh, there's an opportunity to just look at Big films in general, and and take a discerning eye back at him So yeah, it was a risky choice, but I'm I'm excited to talk about it. I guess.
2: Okay, great. <laughs> I love that you finish that with I guess. <laughs> well you'll find out why pretty soon.
1: <laughs> okay. And um, Luke, do you remember when you first came to this movie?
2: Yeah, I think I saw it. I think I see. I saw this in the theater. So. What, what was the release date, 2001? Is that what it was? November 2002,
0: this was massive. Second highest uh, grossing R-rated film of all time in 2002.
2: Second highest grossing R-rated. R-rated film. That's right. Do you know what the first one was? No. Just out of curiosity? Wow. That is amazing. Uh, so that's cool. I saw it then, and I probably didn't see it for, oh, I probably didn't see it till about, I don't know. 10 years ago i think maybe me and mike watched it actually oh, yeah. just on a lark and then i i watched it randomly this last week because yeah eminem's been popping he's back in the news and the super bowl happened and there was just a lot of commentary and what's whatnot that was going on i i felt like yeah, let's uh, revisit and and see if it was any good because i remember liking it at the time uh i have no memory of the time i watched it 10 years ago but i i do have a memory of of being in college and watching that watching it and thinking it was good and thinking that he was an amazing actor just a world just a like a world-class actor but i I, really don't have that i don't have that same feeling now i that's what i thought when i was 21. okay oh well yeah yeah 22. There you go. Well, because he was like a rapper and not an actor, and the fact that he could like pull it off was so mind blowing to me. But I think sure. I, you know, yeah, maybe no, I viewed yeah. that. Yeah,
1: sure. I mean, there's no shortage of, of of rappers who became truly great actors. I mean, most Def, Common, uh, there's some really good rappers or turned Smith. actors.
2: I think. Sixteen Blocks. Oh my God, Mos Def is amazing in that. Incredible. Yeah.
1: So I, I I watched Eight Mile when it came out on dvd or vhs like i guess it would have been dvd by that point pretty much because a guy that we went to high school with was in it and uh also because it took place in detroit and i watched it then and i not watched it again until last night so i am ready to right, discuss man. it uh do you guys have any guesses on what the imdb rating for this thing is
0: you know what? I think this gets a lot of attention. I'm going to say it's high. I'm going to say maybe a seven three.
2: Luke, what do you? you know, think? I'll give it a seven nine. I feel like it's not seven, quite enough, but but I feel like it's there.
1: That's high. Okay, I was I was going to say a seven zero. Oh. Uh, I think it's going to be high, but I don't think it's going to like seven nine. That's like you know, that's it's like that's eight. That's twelve Angry two. Men territory. Yeah. That's, that's I'm good
2: to... <laughs> Is that twelve Angry Men? Twelve <laughs> <laughs> Angry Men didn't even break eight.
1: 7.9 is really high, dude. Um, let's see. All right. The survey says eight mile is a score of 7.1.
2: Wow. Yep. 7.1. Okay. Well, do we understand the metrics that are involved here? I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going into this. What are the inputs?
1: I don't know. I mean, people click things. I just I just rated it myself. I'm not going to tell you what I rated it, but I just rated it. People do that.
2: That's that's did, that's did you rate it? Did you rate it a
1: 7.9? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't rate it fractions, unfortunately. But uh, uh, let's see what the people had to say uh, about it. Is okay, it, let's, let's check out some reviews here, some critics' reviews.
0: Yeah, because I noticed that the, I was bet ba- I was uh befuddled when I saw the thermometer review versus critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it would be inverse to, to what it actually was. Hmm. I think the critics gave it like a 74, whereas audience score popcorn was dumped over. It was like 54. I would have figured the critics were like, this is fucking stupid, but audiences were all pumped up and excited.
1: Well, I'm not seeing, uh, I'm not seeing Destin Thompson. I can tell you that right now from the start. So that's unfortunate, but Roger Ebert, he had something to say about it. Um, let's see. He, he says, uh, pale depressed jimmy smith jr skulks through a life that has been so terribly unkind to him that's how it starts off i don't know where mike gets the like shortened versions that's that was like it brought me to like the whole the whole thing there I
2: don't know where he, gets it all. he probably <laughs> is reading it part. he's he's reading it directly from rotten tomatoes which has the blurbs that's it
1: is that what he's doing if you, if
2: you just don't click don't click into the review you just like go to the main page
1: Oh, I thought he was getting them from IMDb. So that's oh, absolutely not. Oh, well, that explains that. Well, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to sit here and read a bunch of reviews uh, if if I have to go hunting for them because that will involve a whole bunch of vamp time that will be really dull for anyone to listen to. I'll see what else I can come up with off the top of my head. Uh, BBC, uh, let's see. BBC News. Peter Bowes chimed in with. Uh, Eminem's performance in Eight Mile is somewhat stilted, but nonetheless believable. A powerful film, gritty, sometimes frightening, occasionally funny, and ultimately inspiring.
0: Get your uh, your thesaurus out for this one from Tom Gelato from People Magazine. The story of Eight Mile isn't far removed from Eminem's own self-mythologized life, a Jerry Springer-style saga out of Detroit, but the unslakeable Anger is gone?
1: Wow. Good word. Yeah, that's a fun one. You don't get to throw I mean even slake you don't get to throw around very often, let alone unslakeable. That's a fun one.
2: <laughs> Isn't that one of those that's like uh it, it, unslake is slake a word? I don't I've never used never used a slake, nor have I ever read it. It's like right? bunk and debunk. Like is bunk a, is De- is it bunk a bunker word? You debunk something, right? I guess it's because something is full of bunk. I guess you right. debunk it. So yeah, right. I guess that makes sense. All right, never mind.
1: That has everything to do with Slake. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, any more? You got any well, more? Oh, Slake is to uh, quench or satisfy your thirst. Okay, I did not right. realize that. Right. All right. right. Uh, yeah, no, I've got one for you. This is from Rotten Tomatoes, which actually was fairly quick. A uh, fairly quick uh, Google.
1: I didn't put Travis. any effort in. I, I put yep. zero effort in.
2: All right, D- David Walsh from the World Socialist website. I Can't believe they're getting oh, pressed. Gee, Luke, where'd you find that one? It's on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, right. That's look, Mark. Didn't even realize that was. Uh, anyways, flashes of genuine rebellion appear in Eight Mile, but. There are few and far between. The film's conclusion is thoroughly conformist and predictable. I can't disagree with that. A lot another one, a lot of the themes and language in the movie hasn't aged well. The soundtrack is amazing though. That's that's dude. solid. That's a that's a great wrap up right there from how Brandon about, Collins at medium popcorn, which basically a, explains the review.
1: <laughs> how about a movie where a dude is gonna come in and like be a like like try and take on homophobia and use a bunch of homophobic slurs to do so that's
2: that's awesome very crazy like, oh i boy. i feel like you know. may be jumping ahead uh to <laughs> some of your real thoughts
1: <laughs> well look i'm <sighs> gonna i'm so let's get into the movie itself but i'm I, i'm gonna give a i'm gonna tilt my hand a little bit if you're if you're a regular listener thank you for joining us as always we ask that you Please chime in with a, a five-star review on on uh, Apple Podcasts. We've been locked into 25 reviews there for months. We desperately ask you to please somebody, one of you out there, click a button for us. Thank you. Um, but if you are chiming, you know, if you're coming in here and checking us out for the first time, you're like, oh, Eight Mile. That's one of my favorite movies. Let's see what these strangers have to say. I'm I'm gonna tell you in advance. Uh, I'm not gonna bash this movie, but I don't think I have a lot of really good things to say. This isn't gonna be a love fest on my end. I'll tell you.
0: And if now. you're still gonna stick around, because well, maybe the other two guys like it. I can tell <laughs> you that this movie is fucking trash. Uh, so it's up to Luke to have the only uh, positive viewpoint. Uh, so I'm excited. You, uh, I've
2: got, I've got a couple of positive things. Yeah, time. I, I I'm do.
0: Joking, but I mean, well, just. A quick, a quick comment here, because I think Felix Gonzalez Jr. from the DVD review nails it. He says, Rocky with a rap beat. Uh, and that's essentially what we have here is this underdog story of someone who's very talented, presumably getting like their shot and like the trials and tribulations up until um, this opportunity presents itself and they do or die. Problem right off the bat in this film, as we kind of dive into it narratively, is... We don't really get to see what this guy is capable of until, like, over an hour into the movie. If you're going to do, like, the Rocky, Saturday Night Fever, or, like, even Flashdance thing, you have to show... How good, how talented the person is right off the bat, so you can have something to grab onto, so you can mm. support them. This mm-hmm. is just like, well, he choked, and then you gotta sit around until he sulks, as Ebert tells us, for the next hour. Why?
1: This is a big problem for the movie because you you are supposed to believe that this is rabbit, this is not Eminem, but your the whole movie, your faith in the character's abilities is based on him as Eminem not as this rabbit character because you literally you see him choke you see him writing some lyrics you he does one rap in that lunch line which apparently that's what the detroiters do on their lunch break i don't remember ever doing uh, that but um he has that which is like kind of deliberately kind of not that great it's okay and then we and don't really ha-
0: you didn't like when he said you've been working at a plant so long you're a plant that wasn't genius rhyming
1: uh, that was that was that was rough, and that was also the scene I already referenced, where he's like using a ton of homophobic slurs in defending the one gay character, whose job in the movie is to be gay, um, <laughs> and and then he wraps towards the end. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so that's
1: then we get yeah but that that is
2: that's that was the critique that my buddy was bringing up about monster movies and things like Halloween and all that is like it takes way too long to get to the monster and it's that is a problem with this movie that's like that's a good point because I was watching it the when I was re-watching it recently it was I could not believe that oh my god yeah the choke scene happens right in the beginning yeah, and then and then literally nothing until he's rapping in that lunch line, and yeah. then it's it then it's not just it's not it's not bad I guess in that context, but it was, I mean, you know, in this day and age, I mean, it's twenty years later, right? Mm-hmm. It is it has definitely that has definitely not aged well, but he is defending the one gay guy. He is using homophobic right. slurs. But he is defending that guy against the against the against the dude that is attacking him against exhibit.
0: I exhibit. mean, let's not yeah. forget. I think I think he's actually. I think Eminem's actually using it as this uh, media comeuppance for his past oh, yeah. transgressions. I mean, this is a guy who's got a history of homophobic, disgusting comments that he yeah. tries to make up for by attending Elton John's fucking like Grammy ceremony with some fucking ring. He's full of shit. And to have him shoehorn in these apologetic Mm. comments towards homosexuals in this movie is an insult.
1: Honestly, the Mm. only thing more naked than that and obvious than that attempt to rehabilitate his image in that moment is the blatant cash grab that this movie is. Because, I mean, basically they just went, well, Eminem's famous. Let's make a movie with Eminem where he plays Eminem and people will come to see it. And they did. And I'm not going to say that there's that the movie has nothing to say. I did kind of make a note where I'm like, this movie has nothing to say. But towards the end of it, I'm like, okay, I actually think there is some stuff going on here in terms of believing in yourself, etc. And not necessarily looking to others, even if you have a supportive friend base, like a crazily uh, almost obsessive supportive friend base. Uh, yeah. Still to try and like carve your own way. And like, that that's cool. But... There's no real reason for this movie to exist. I mean, rap battles? rap battles. Rat battles. Okay. Rat battles. This is Let, the thing. fight with rats. I,
0: literally, my rat third fight. graders, my third grade class, they do this, like, on recess every day. Like, kids <laughs> do this, at like, for fun. And, like, every single scene of these rap battles, I'm thinking to myself, like, this is fucking childish, man. This yeah. is so infantile. And, like, it's been 20 years since I've seen it, and I kind of had this thing clean in the back of my mind like oh like when's he gonna sing lose yourself that song's you know pretty decent mm-hmm. but i kind of forgot that no it's just berating and insulting your
2: opponent like <laughs> to win it's
0: like <laughs> mm-hmm. this is so That's negative what, and ugly
2: but that is what rap battles are <laughs> i, I, I have know you but, guys um, have you been to a rap battle dude like, come the fuck dude, on they're, they're, amazing. Amazing. they're insane you know i
1: haven't been to any fucking rap
2: battles Oh, I thought you were. <laughs> I you thought you were going to say Donald. the exact opposite thing. Like, come on, dude. Fuck. Of course, I've been to rat battles.
1: I've Luke, been as many on, rat b- battles as I've been to Velociraptor orgies. I mean, no fucking way. All right. Full People disclosure. I've been to two.
2: I've been to two. But it's they are like they get fucking filthy. That's but that is the style. That is the art form as it is.
1: And, that's and kind of that is that
2: my- is something that is like part of this context in this story. That is yeah. the way you win in this story. It could right. have been a basketball game in a basketball movie, but sure. it's not a basketball movie. It's a rap movie. And this movie, like, you know, I can, I can watch
1: a basketball movie and maybe get something from it, but, Again, full disclosure. Dude, that surprises movie... me that
2: you get you would get more out of a basketball game at the end of a movie than I, you would out of a I rap battle.
1: I cannot think of a movie less suited for me than this. Like I this is I mean other than How me... about
2: Hoosiers?
1: I feel like Hoosiers would be
2: the least Travis Roy Dude, suited movie no. of all time.
1: I at least have played
2: basketball. I've never rapped. Oh <laughs> <laughs> but you sing. You understand what it's like to have that pressure?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know, man. Like, I, I, this, this—I'm just not the audience for this movie. I mean, I, I, I so actively, it's good that Eric picked it. I actively dislike Eminem's music. I actively dislike rap music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just this—I am not the person for this. So, if you like this, just discount everything I have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: well
2: that's, that's a fair disclaimer that's okay yeah. I that's mean, okay
0: remember, a, a lot of critics were saying that there wasn't enough rap or even music in the film uh it's a valid point um because what we do have and what we are given is scene after scene of just cliched obstacles in this cartoonish detroit that seems very silly like luke your friend talks about I have to can disagree with them. Like not showing them, mo- like having to wait forever to see the monster. Um, I mean, that can work. I mean, that's why the exorcist is so good because they build it up with for jaws. over an hour or jaws in this. They're not building shit up they're, they're They're They have this character with rabbit that is in the most simple, like, like overdone cliche. It, it almost just becomes silly for me. I mean, um, uh, I, I, this plot, Scott Silver writes the screenplay. A fantastic writer, Joker, the yeah. fighter, in and, and they deliberately make it only semi semi autobiographical. You're going to tell me that Eminem's real life isn't is not its is not more interesting than what they came up with here?
2: Oh, I, I 100% agree with that. Uh, I 100% agree with that critique. That the Hollywoodizing of this didn't help it at all. There was no reason to do that what he actually went through was was probably would have probably made some of the other the other violations of the film actually easier to swallow because you would you would see why he you know used the n-word when he was 16. you would see why he was so aggressive and angry i mean his mother had uh, munchausen syndrome they didn't talk about that at all in this film she was literally poisoning him and making him sick that's that is an unbelievable uh, violation of trust and faith uh, for a, a baby and a child. And why do you think he has all this rage? Another, he is getting his ass beat every single fucking day. Well, maybe not every single fucking day, but on a very regular basis, uh, getting his fucking bike stolen. He got his fucking head shoved into a toilet so hard he fucking lost consciousness and he got beat to near death twice like that those are those are things that that do seem to form a part of your like worldview I think I mean from a very personal and subjective point of view obviously but like how in the fuck could you think otherwise and so then I wonder okay it is there are the cliches are things that are added into his life they're not things that come out of his life that is the real like that's the real sin in this is they Hollywood got a hold of somebody that actually does have a a very worthy story to tell, and they fucking they just destroyed it, and made it good enough to get enough people in the in the seats and released. I'm sure Lose Yourself was released before the movie. I'm I'm guessing. I'm guessing Look, I that, that,
1: that that gets to it. I mean, this this movie feels like how in the late nineties. In early two thousands, rap videos and music videos in general often would have like this five minute short film that would start it. Yes, only here it's an hour, yep. or it's like a two Dude. hour film, and then you, you finally actually that. get to the video. <laughs> you, you nailed it. Song. That's literally what it feels like. That's
0: uh, it's bad. Michael Jackson's bad. Yeah. That's like a thirteen minute prologue directed by Marty Scorsese right. until you even get to the video. That's this movie.
1: Hey, did you know that the um, the, the actual um, trailer park that it was filmed at. I could practically throw a rock and hit from my house. No way. It's could you real hit close. Sand
0: in the face for me because uh, his <laughs> performance was not doing it for me. Uh,
1: that is, that's another thing. they did be the worst. trailer Shannon. park. Sorry.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. That I was saying. That's another thing. They didn't need to use a a trailer park for that. They did because need he you? grew up. He, no, because he grew up in a house on Seven Mile. You know, you. I don't oh. know if you can rent a. A mobile home uh but she's getting evicted from it uh, i guess you could be late on payments you can get evicted from anything you but could
1: rent the lot and own the home too
2: yeah okay yeah that's i forget that's a little complicated uh but they were they were in a house on seven mile it, it's weird that they even did that why would they change that it had to be it had to be a trailer park because you know everybody in the world needs to see this as the most abject situation in the world and to to you know, libs that would see this or suburbanites that would actually go see this. It, it matters what kind of, what kind of domicile you actually have. If you're not in a, if you're in a house, then you can't be that poor. Right. Right. But right. Especially if you're, he's white. And I he's mean, it's, poor, so
1: he must live right. in a trailer home and obviously yes. you're going to give yes. his mother some sort of, sort of southern accent even oh, though oh don't I get mean, me started this fucking is um, that a michigan accent kim what are you trying to pull off there you just can't it's, it's unreal it is like that, she's learning to okay. act on the job
2: oh my okay God. yeah uh, oh she was because i feel like she had not worked in a while and she yeah. was like oh oh i could yeah i'm um, gonna win an oscar for this one <laughs> what, what were you saying about what were you saying about shannon because
1: Oh, yeah. Not his, best, not his best work. I
0: mean, you got to start somewhere. But, I mean, just the fact that... How, how often do you get a movie about... And I can dig its uh, approach, all right? Let's get a, a movie that doesn't... It's not about a bunch of fucking rich people getting opportunities. It's about poor people doing the best they can. Um, but when you have a movie that takes place in Detroit about an up-and-coming rapper... And then literally have the story revolving. And that's the worst part. It's not a biography. So it's just about a white kid in Detroit trying to become a rapper. And literally having the fucking balls to tell a bunch of African-Americans at the shelter that they don't understand what it's like to be poor or judged by other people. Are you fucking kidding me right (laughs) now?
2: (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. All right. good,
1: Good point. But you brought up the shelter. And if we're gonna talk about Detroit and filming in Detroit, let's do it. What in the fuck? I mean, like, not the shelter. So it's not filmed in the shelter. So it doesn't look no. like anything like the shelter on the inside right. and the exterior shots. Of some other place as well. Like they literally, uh-huh. like, I, I'm I'm sorry. I've been to the shelter a million times. And in, in that era, they were like busy, but they could have used some of that Hollywood money. They eat like I can't. I cannot believe that they could not get access. To, to renting that place out to shoot a movie, uh, it's really shocking to me that that you're gonna ba- make so much of this movie about the shelter that you don't even fucking see the shelter. It seems
2: silly to me. I swear to God, I thought it was because the no. place next to the place next to it. Okay, so maybe maybe it wasn't, and I just. No it it yeah. was
1: it was a warehouse that they the interior was a warehouse You're
2: right it, the interior is definitely different and, uh, and I and I think the facade different. is different too yeah it is. The facade yeah, it is, 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 is different
1: It is a church it is an actual church with the facade so they yeah. they tried to make it look like St Andrew's which I get but it's not St Andrew's
2: Yeah that's probably some dumb fucking rights thing but
1: yeah yeah it's still still frustrating to be because i mean right. it's kind of fun to watch a movie and be like oh you know I, i've been to a little caesars in warren that's exciting yeah. <laughs> but so much of what you actually do see of detroit is urban decay porn it's just like let's let's show the worst of the worst the stupid here
0: blue filter and movie detroit <laughs> come on with that bullshit it's like the it's yellow blue. filter
1: in mexico i know they do the same thing with detroit it's always yeah. fucking blue
0: but yeah man
2: um <laughs> Well, I do I, Eric, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I actually, I'm interrupting you. Go ahead Not and finish your thought, I but I do, point. I
0: was kind of glad you did that.
2: <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, no, I, I, I take issue with what you were, I, I take issue with what you were saying, please, this. All right, there's, <clears throat> there's the, the common shared experience in Detroit and places like Detroit, which is that, you know, where, wherever you are within the kind of like, city boundary lines like your your shared experience of suffering and and poverty is is completely shared across cultural racial lines etc you are you are all experiencing that as as one uh community as as it were and his i i i caught this on the kind of like second really quick viewing here that i had while i was like scrolling through the movie before the pod as fast as I could (laughs) and uh in the first time the free world shows up they talk about like we're in the free world or whatever they said and they uh here's what they said like um he goes you three one three bitches is what these guys are not from Detroit however the people that Eminem is battling with are from cranbrook which is a private school cranbrook. which is a fucking big line in the movie but he is battling against people that aren't even from here and it's not about telling african americans that they don't have uh, a shared experience of the kind of poverty and suffering that he's gone through it is about calling out this fucking class divide and like it doesn't matter what fucking color you are you can be you can be upper class and black and you can be lower class and white and that is one of the few things i think this movie does right i think it might be the only thing or the main thing like him being accepted as a rapper is like totally contingent upon his ability to simulate into a different culture the rapper like ness of him like the ability to like reaches uh reach the heights that he's gotten to it's it becomes part of the overriding narrative even within uh uh, even though at the the heart of this is the fact that like he's suffering uh, is what gives him the the license to participate in the social world that you know is kind of prima facie different and unique compared to his own, but it's it's not. It's like the the activities that he's doing is is something that he is participating in that actually gives him license to be part of that world which means it gives him like license to be part of a broader community a true community however to some of the reviews that we were talking about earlier it is some kind of part of this is like proletarian claptrap and and maybe it's not revolutionary in any way because it's directed by someone like curtis hansen who doesn't have a political bone in his body really he just likes telling like fun stories And I'm sure they washed out a bunch of other shit in this that was more important. But he's not telling he's not telling African Americans that they don't understand poverty. He is experiencing it himself. Very real. And his best friend was fucking duty, you know, was proof. And they both experienced this shit together. I can accept So the that, I don't. I do not understand right, the Oscar I, music plane. Okay. Anyway, yeah, no,
0: <laughs> get off the stage. Um, I guess all I'm saying is I, I. Okay. I'm not sure I needed yet another white guy trying to tell other people how they should react to to them. Um, it you know, get off the stage literally and let someone else's voice be heard, especially all these other people. They make all the other characters besides Rabbit, um doofuses like like the the his opponents are cartoon characters they're morons okay we're supposed to just see this one white dude as the only guy who wants to get out of this hell hole and and you know, better himself everyone else is villainous double crossing trash especially the only three women in the movie the message here about women is wow it's very uh, misogynistic It's disgusting. Uh, You've got a mother who you can't trust, a girlfriend, two girlfriends that end up, um, you know, being distrustful. I mean, what is this message?
1: I'd like to um, address that as well. But before I'd I'd like to you're talking about community, Luke, and about Detroit and all this stuff about that. I'd like to talk about, you know, his roots, his family. He treats these people like garbage. I mean, he he just in real life in the film dude we're talking about the movie oh, okay. um he blows into his sorry mother. it's weird he's so he, he blows into his mother's home without knocking and she's mid-fuck and she <laughs> gives him she mid-fuck. gives him a car he scowls at her and says i gotta go to, i gotta go to sleep because i work in the morning I'm like dude you can't even say thank you then he spends the rest of the movie complaining about her fucking with her life complaining to her blah 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 being really ingrateful to her, getting really upset when the new girl he's seeing and his buddy dare to talk to her for a minute. And, and not to mention that all of this is punctuated with the occasional scene of this seven-year-old girl getting irrevocably traumatized Ugh. over and over again, yeah. because mostly because this hothead cannot stop throwing fists with everybody who remotely disagrees with him and, it's just like, dude, again, you're fighting. Like, why are you fighting? Why are you angry now? Yeah. Like, this is exhausting. But I actually I, yeah. do think. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Oh no, I was I was gonna say I think that is part of the complication with the fact that this is like a pseudo based on somebody's real life, and so I, I'm I kind of like I'm diving in, in in one way and another. If I'm looking at this strictly just as just as what's on the screen yeah um yeah i'm sharing i'm sharing that point of view completely and i just think kinda, they warped his fucking experience it for cinematic purposes yeah and i don't think it paid off i think that gets you, every point, point you're making is correct
1: and that gets my point earlier about that you have to have like this meta thing where you watch the movie where you're thinking of the character both as rabbit and as eminem like you literally have to do that to enjoy the movie but to your point about uh eric about misogyny and about the way women were treated. I I agree. Like it is pretty grotesque and, and there's, it's not handled well at all. Pretty much all the women are pretty bad except for like, I, I, I'm this. So Alex, Brittany Murphy's character, as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, what's the fucking problem? Like there's no, you didn't put a ring on her finger. You, you went on, you didn't even go on one date. You, you were a one minute chump in a corner of your factory somewhere
2: it's a and good was, minute. I mean, you know how it. important minutes are when you're on the clock? <laughs> I don't think you understand. No, you do understand actually. You've worked in a factory, so you Well know. but Honestly, let's not like, uh, what is, what is every minute you know? every minute counts and I'll tell you what, if I give you one minute Oh my god. <laughs> well, not she, they're, not, the they're not
1: remotely together. Like why is he so, he like like dude, what the fuck you think you are? Go ahead, Eric. Sorry.
0: I mean let alone putting this uh, poor girl in danger. Is this not the worst place to have sex? Right next to random industrial strength pneumatic machinery?
1: <laughs> well, he actually hits her in the face when he's beating up his buddy later for, for fucking her. You don't really see it, but when he's beating on his buddy, he whips back and kind of like forearms her across the face and and, and pushes her back on the ground. Get a again... slight
0: allusion to his real life before this movie came out, mind
1: I don't know, but I, I will say that the only surprise in the movie was that he doesn't end up with her, and that she doesn't, you know, and that she cheats on him. Or, but except for the fact, again, she's not fucking cheating on him because they have no formed relationship. They, they're they bar- They barely know each other. It's not a relationship.
2: It's just an yeah, obstacle. It's, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably it is probably the the worst just the kind of worst fundamental part of this and the architecture of this film is like okay you tell a story and everybody knows that all screenplays have a certain you know just a certain record like a certain type of scaffold and this it just doesn't quite that does not work in this situation and i I feel like curtis hansen did the the thing that everybody does which is they they turn detroit into like blight porn mm-hmm. and they get so obsessed with that that they think that you don't even have to have a story all you have to do is have a car driving down a fucking road showing all the blighted buildings and that's the story yeah. and it's yeah. like it could be but if you're trying to tell that story fine but you're not and you're trying to tell it's a complete fucking, uh shortcut and mm. it's to me it's fairly vile and to it, to me it's fairly vile on the part of Curtis Hansen. I feel like Curtis Hansen manipulated Eminem. I really do. Like as an actor and as somebody who wanted to be part of something that he thought was positive in Detroit and was maybe a good story to tell. And of course, if somebody's gonna pay you a bunch of money to be in a movie about your life, why would you say no? And you just came from the bottom, now you're here. So of course you do it. But I don't think, like, listening to uh, behind the, behind the uh, uh, what do you call it, like, uh, making up videos and whatnot, like, Eminem is like, I'm not from this guy's world, I don't know how to make movies, and Curtis Hansen is, had made LA Confidential, yeah. you know, this guy knows how to make fucking movies, and he literally, it sounded like he was like, he had a comment in one of these making of that said, we were looking for a title for a movie and Eight Mile just seemed perfect. And to, and in my opinion, it I think he saw a script called Eight Mile and he thought the movie was perfect before he even fucking decided to direct it. I think this guy is I think this guy's a flim flam man. I don't think he's a good director. I think LA Confidential was great, but I boys- think wonder boys
0: wonder boys no nope. boys
2: i hated a wonder boys but that's you. that's me that's cool that's fine <laughs> we've got this we've got this will they won't they you know ever <laughs> love each other again type relationship i get that wonder boys i hated but uh How? what else i mean this guy okay. this guy's is uh, he's, an est- he's an s he's an s
0: okay uh, luke sorry. i mean i you bring up some good points and you you uh offer some and, great detours. and some
2: bad ones
0: <laughs> i mean first of all this is brian grazer's baby from imagine entertainment ronnie mm-hmm. howard's producing buddy yeah. and i think you are right they were looking for like a, a rap project and and they were they shopped the script around at eminem bit but uh curtis hansen did put eminem through a lot of shit so much to the extent that like the 16-hour shoots caused him to literally get addicted to ambien and kind of relapsed into um Prescription drug abuse, oh, and shit. that's one hmm? of the main reasons why Eminem hasn't been on a set in a long time.
2: He uh, wow. also—is it possible that that had something to do with him actually overdosing and then releasing multiple albums about his his fucking relapse and recovery?
0: Yeah, he huh. is. He's playing. He he's just played White Boy Rick, which I'd be interested to actually check out uh, mm-hmm. for for fifty cent.
1: I thought, I thought sure.
2: No no, 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 He no. did. It's he did not one. play
0: White Boy Ray. It's what a. Mean... It's a new miniseries. It's
1: oh not no! God,
2: no. Someone McMahon else Kennedy played one. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. He, he's playing him in a new one. Oh. Um. But yeah, That's and bad. I'm not gonna tell you that I disliked this performance. I mean, he's actually not that bad. Kind of soulful it's... about him that I like, but oh. he's mostly either catatonic mm. or pissed off. There's and a lot. Too much pissed off. off. Yeah, the material doesn't give him much to do. It's a very stale script, but yes, it's two things. I mean, it's not Mariah Carey and glitter as a debut, but mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not bad. There's there's something soulful about it.
2: <laughs> Mariah Carey and glitter. That's actually that is a that is a, a great comparison because it's definitely not. And yeah, he does. I mean, he does a serviceable job. I mean, if you're a rapper and that's the, you have this one life you got to do this dude how many how many freaking notes can you pick up as a new actor it's terrifying you're, you're an actor and you know what that's like i somebody tried putting me into a short film and i was i was like frozen absolutely frozen couldn't act to save my fucking life but he was like oh you're an actor now i'm like no i'm not this is ridiculous
1: you had said uh, something about, like, you know, he's got one shot or something, which I, which I imagine was a reference to the song. Did you notice that he's got multiple shots throughout yeah. the movie? <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he chokes and gets another shot. Yeah. And just he... goes
0: on, like, every day. Right. And obviously, <laughs> whole...
1: he, well, and then obviously, like, the whole thing is about him, like, beating this one dude at, at the rap battle fight. But then he's got to do something else after that, so there's going to be more shots for him to, because we're, we're left thinking, well, this guy's going to be successful now, so his next shot's going to be actually you know, recording his demo, and then the shot after that will have to be, will I get a single? And it's like, I don't know, I felt like there's a lot of shots going on. I don't know. That was it. It's, about, build,
0: it's about building him up, so I guess. maybe it's the one last shot until he kind of gives up and says this isn't for me, I can't do it. Um, so in that respect, I I dig it, but yeah, like you're telling me that, that like he can't just re-enter the contest next time and try to win. <laughs> um, but I got to talk about Detroit, because it tells us in the beginning that this is set in 95. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out why. Is this like a comment on post-Coleman Young and pre-Dennis Archer Detroit? Like, why would they bother with no, that? Really? No,
2: no, I think it's just it's when he was battle rapping, because he yeah. was out of the battle rap scene, and by 2000, he was way done with the battle rap scene. You're right. It's but it's this supposed is to like, reba- like we right, is like, but again,
1: it's supposed to be like this weird meta thing where you actually like you're yeah, supposed to conflate the character with the with the it, guy.
2: That is what makes it difficult. It it does make critique a little difficult because yeah, it's definitely a conflation of the two. And and going
1: back to all of the blight. Well, there's no
2: porn, reason to set it in '95. They didn't have to.
1: And going back to all the the blight porn. I love that there's one character that they have in the movie who routinely articulates the very real problems in, in Detroit, in America and society at large and black, like for, for black Americans, like all this stuff. And like, they just constantly shit on the guy for it. because it's all he's capable of saying, apparently he's like, Imagine having like Henry Rollins in 1990 as your friend. I guess I don't know, but like it, it's it's like it's like he's just kind of it's a broken record. But still, it's like they and they all just shit on him for actually making these pretty solid points. Like, uh, okay, this is I guess this is the social commentary of the movie.
2: I I think what I think the I think the best the best part uh, in terms of social commentary for this film, in my opinion, is the fact that it it. Sidecars race for uh you know, for some even though it's a prima facie type argument about class, it is it's more about that experience uh being poor and trying to get out of being poor. Now it does have a fucking strange reactionary element because the whole idea of like lose yourself. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Get the fuck out of here is very disturbing to me. The other thing is that you know it is, it is like, uh, shoot, I'm losing my train of thought. He I, is. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and jump in. Yeah, go let, ahead and me, jump let, in. let
1: me jump in because yeah. I think it might be where you were taking it. Um, Maybe. Or, yeah. Go or, for or, it. or close to it, if I if I may, because his whiteness is actually presented as an impediment to his success as a rapper because other people don't take him seriously because he's white. I mean, at one point McKay Pfeiffer says once they hear you rap, it's not going to matter what color you are, which is as close as they get to actually verbalizing one of the obstacles that he deals with, which is the fact that no one takes him seriously because he's a white boy. Hmm.
2: Yeah. And that was, that was a comment I was uh, trying to make earlier, which okay. is that, you know, his, his being accepted in that in that realm it's like totally contingent upon his ability to be able to like assimilate that other culture like Mm -hmm. he can't be a good rapper unless he's like uh basically a good fucking sidekick in this world with uh you know in the black community and the rapper community but at the same time he has to find a way to ascend Mm -hmm. and there are so many ways in which this movie tries to justify that, give him license to do yeah. it. And I think that's totally fine because the shared experience that actually makes him, you know, that, uh, that allows me to like, see beyond the fucking color line is the fact that like, yeah, he's broke too. They're all fucking broke. So why not? Why not him? And if you want to like make an argument about his whiteness, giving him an edge in that situation, It does in this movie because this movie is post Eminem. Eminem is a real like rapper uh, going up through the ranks, had a different experience than what we're seeing in this movie. And we already know who Eminem is. So because we fucking know who Eminem is, looking at him in this way is like, yeah, his whiteness does give him that edge. But it didn't before it didn't when he was actually crawling his ass out of this fucking uh this pipeline but also not everybody wants to leave detroit leave their hometown and like get out of get out of dodge it's it's merely like a it's merely a fucking conceit of the film that like being here is terrible and i fucking hate that too this movie has so many problems with how it like how it actually deals with the the social structures of of detroit and there's nothing about it at all uh it it literally kind of like starts in the quote-unquote belly of the beast it's like the way it's like the way uh 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 lewis uh blood uh, oil what is that movie there we blood thank you so much it's like how that starts where it starts in the mind you know, you, you don't really have any like orientation in what you're seeing, and so I think the movie has. I think the movie as as a movie has many many problems, but I don't think these are problems with like, Eminem as a character. This meta analysis is actually like causing my brain to spin <laughs> side to side. Well, I'm a little bit all prob- over the place, but the yeah. The
0: problem is, it's like it's like making a movie where like Michael Jordan is the star and he's playing a basketball player but like instead of like going to Chapel Hill and growing up in North Carolina he's like growing up in like Japan and like playing for like the the like the the Turtles or something it's like it's such a WTF like like this these two parallels they, they make no sense and they're they're more confusing than anything And it wouldn't be a Detroit movie unless someone had to fucking start a house on fire. It's like, we're doing that
2: again? (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, they showed that, too. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I also like that we are given a counterpoint to white maleness in Cheddar Bob, who's clearly a (laughs) fine person who doesn't have the most puncible face I've ever seen.
0: Rabbit's going to teach me how to write raps.
1: (laughs) I. Uh, god, why are we stuck with this character? Gotta have
0: the dumb friend to make the uh main protagonist seem smarter and uh, you know, more in more together. Steinbeck, let's do this.
1: I <laughs> gotta respect a friend that will um, the other the other guy that like will drive him to work at 7 30 in the morning. I'm like, that's a damn good friend. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, I i, I literally had the same job in plymouth michigan i stamped assemble I, I i stamped uh catalytic converter shells i put it on yeah. the thing i stood back and the green light came on no one yelled up down like a fucking uh a soldier <laughs> from the 1800s metropolis i had uh yeah i had to fucking hit the green button and it went down and i did yeah. that all fucking day i That's definitely funny. couldn't like have someone like work for me how was that other guy getting no aid? what
1: the fuck was that yeah i was wondering that too because I, I also was working <laughs> in manufacturing when this movie came out and the, the way it works is you are assigned a machine and you you the output you have to is go- yourself right the output is expected to be a certain degree you disappear for a couple hours yep. like his buddy's not going to be able to really cover for him i don't think but that's fine it's a film whatever it it, it does show that like he i I like that he wins the rap battle and doesn't go celebrate i like that he walks back to work like you know he there is some maturing for the character uh he's able he finds a bit of a balance uh which is okay you know like i'm I, i was just hating this fucking movie basically until uh he catches Brittany murphy fucking someone else and i'm like oh okay now, I, now I, not that I felt sympathy for his, for the rabbit character. I was again like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? This is ridiculous. Why are you angry right now? But it, it surprised me. And I did like the, the so the, the tail end of the movie, I thought it kind of stuck the
2: landing. I'll give it that. Yeah. The, the entire, I feel like the entirety of that, everything in that movie just hinged on that. Like, if that yeah. wasn't, if that didn't stick, that would be a laughing stock of a film. Yeah, the it would be, it would be film secret would be a of the ooze stock. level.
1: Secret of the yes. ooze level fiasco.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm a fan.
0: Razor and Tolka for life, bro.
1: Yeah, but, if we're, if we, you know, vanilla ice. <clears throat>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tra- Travis, your, your, point about, your point about this, like, the, the weird, uh, you know, kind of, like, beta merging of these two, this, like, conflation, as I think this informs my this informs my opinion about this film more than anything that i have that i've thought in the last 20 years like it's not it, it didn't really seem that problematic to me until we started talking about it today
1: <laughs> yeah you know what it, it also informs that uh, that imdb score let's be honest it's 7.3 <laughs> 7.1 that's <Yeah>. awfully high That's <laughs> awfully Mo- high but
2: yeah movie wise yeah now i'm thinking
1: 6.1 tops but like you you take Eminem out of this movie and put in Devin Sawa. Right? You put in Devin Sawa. Yeah. And that's and young. does is does it have even close to the acclaim? Does it have I mean even if he rapped as well good now? As it's Eminem, too
2: that that's too meta meta, by the way, when you do that. that <laughs> right. Well
1: I, I guess it's, too you're, many you're, levels. You're right. My mind went to Sawa for a reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it, but you're right. Like, so you put in Michael Shannon, fuck it uh <laughs> michael shannon rapping which i can oh my actually God. kind
2: of see yes but, well and, i mean you know make that movie it's <laughs> not even that
0: like you take out curtis hansen an, an accomplished filmmaker mm-hmm. and especially rodrigo prieto the dp, the did DP fucking yeah. 25th hour 21 grams emos Pedros. and it, if it's a cheap looking film that doesn't look professional and slick and it's really a head scratcher
1: no, you're right. It does look really, really good. I mean, how else could you watch someone pantomime rapping in front of a mirror and think that they look cool doing it?
2: I, <laughs> I, I would actually, I would actually recommend everybody to watch the behind-the-scenes making of. I actually still haven't pulled up, but it's, it's one with, um, who produced it? Uh, Silver is that Grazer. who it was? Gra- Grazer. Grazer. Now, or Grazer. Or Grazer. Or, Grazer or, Brian know, Grazer. Well, yeah. I um, Grazer. Now. I would. I would. I would definitely recommend watching that the way they talk about making this movie and putting it together is just, it'll make your stomach turn. If you, (laughs) if you have had any familiarity whatsoever with what it's like to kind of like be on your fucking last dime and trying to fucking survive. And, you know, and you're familiar with the area like, it's fucking disgusting. These guys are goddamn predators. These, Luke yeah these fucking these fucking Hollywood producers are fucking predators dude if you're if you're in a if you're in a uh an area like uh I don't know who the fuck if you're just if you're in Detroit and you see people rolling down the streets with big producer trucks with fucking camera equipment run just get the fuck out it's exploitation time Okay, um, it's true, damn. and that's what they did, and that's what they, did. they did that to Eminem too, and like that, that that's why that meta thing is so difficult to fucking wrap your mind around. Because I keep wanting to like put him in that situation, but it's not him; it's a fucking character, Rabbit. and it's a it's the fucking shortcoming of the script. The script is fucking garbage, and it you know at hinge- least they did. At least they did let some bleed through of like working class suffering that was part of more than that think. solidarity.
1: More than you would think, It all absolutely hinged on Eminem, and that's why I say it was a cash grab because that's—I mean, yeah. it's—it's it, it's the song, it's the—it's the—it's the performer, which I mean, I, I, that, you know, lots of movies hinge on the main actor, oh. and I don't mean to fault it for that, but I'm just yeah. saying that I don't think that people love this movie because they love the story. Yeah, I think that people love this movie because they love Eminem. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The story, mm-hmm. even the song, like that. This is why this is why original song is a tough one because we got a song that's not even in the movie. It's just in the end credits. It it wins the Oscar. It's a it's a good song. Let's be honest, but like it it's not even in the film. He's not even like a singer. Like it like the music is
1: the music is It's the last thing that he raps over. That's yeah, the, uh, yeah,
0: you got a good point. Um, also, there's way too many half bro hugs in this movie. I think I counted about 2 million. Like that was the only way for them to uh like show like the friendship is just them doing the fucking half bro hug every like 5 <laughs> seconds.
1: I'm I'm know. glad that Anthony Mackie's character turned out to be uh you know like from uh from wealth and stuff because I'm like I'm really just not buying him in this role at all. But I also think it's hilarious that like the fact that Clarence's parents were happily married like that's that's an insult. it's amazing like fuck you yes. you didn't come from a broken home
2: asshole <laughs> like geez. yeah you might be misinterpreting that I mean it's it's just it's just pointing out the fact that like this guy is gonna talk shit about me, but this guy comes from a perfectly fucking happy family. Yeah, I didn't. Okay, then I've then got he, fucking problems, and but that guy could easily turn
1: around and say that this: that you enjoy white privilege. Wherever I go, my people are judging he me. could, white but white it would. It
2: wouldn't. It wouldn't even compare to the class privilege that he's had.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you could easily
2: say, Look, "Are you kidding me?" Cranbrook costs. Oh, like oh! class $50. Warrior, Clash Warrior, coming out
0: cranbrook has its own fucking you know i'll wear that
2: i'll wear that badge if we're gonna want to fight about this we can do it oh let's do it i'll see i'll see see you in virtual fight, can we do that? Um, we put, no, like, we
1: obviously uh, will rap fight. Are you fucking kidding me? We're not going to physically fight. Oh, we get a rap
2: battle. Uh, we get a rap, rap battle please. about class and, and uh, <laughs> what your culture, identitarian stuff. Do it, man. We can we do that. you fix your duct work because You you're... can talk about identitarian stuff. I'll talk about actual class things that actually matter. and
1: My point is just that to make a comment about someone coming, like the, someone's parents are happily married is not an insult.
2: I don't even know what that has to it, do with fucking class at all. It's just funny. It's it's a funny it's fucking rap battle line.
1: Clarence rhymes with marriage, sort of. That's it.
2: <laughs> and Eminem is good at doing that. Slant rhymes.
1: Yeah, he rhymes hotel with now at one point in the movie.
2: <laughs> Which means he does a great job.
1: No, it means he says hotel, like hotel, and now, like nah. That's what it means. Because that's literally Which, what happens. It's a slant rhyme. It's slanted. I'll tell you what, the best part of the movie I don't know is, who
2: fucking hip-hop.
1: The best part of the movie is the Leonard Skinnard moment until they start rapping over it. Oh Jesus.
0: <laughs> oh, that's cringe worthy.
1: <laughs> How about Mikai's uh dreadlocks? I mean that's it's weird to see him with so much hair.
2: High five isn't her. that weird. Yeah. Never saw never saw him with hair until this movie. I think well, it's the only movie he has. And even in the past, like I saw it recently and I was like, holy shit, I've never seen him with hair. That's what I'm saying. He looks so weird. Except with all this for hair. this fucking movie, yeah.
1: And he's got a ton of it. It's funny. It's almost like, is that real? What's going on here?
2: Like you never do this. He's got predator locks. <laughs> oh, he's got oh, straight predator Andy? locks.
1: Want some candy? <laughs> want some <the> Want <model? laughs> <laughs> oh, Well, where do we go from
0: here, man? Uh, you said You're it off. Fuck Basinger's knows. terrible accent.
2: Oh, um, did you remember she was even in this? I did Basinger? not. Oh, yes, I did. I did remember actually. That yeah. blew me away. Like, well, the second, the first CSR, oh my god, Kim Basinger's in this movie.
1: She's almost not bad in it, if it weren't for that accent and yeah. a lot of the overacting moments of the drama, like the the big drama <clears throat> moments, she kind of goes too big. But like, there there are some like the the calmer moments she does okay. It's like actually kind of nice to see Kim Basinger, but you know that. Curtis yeah. Hansen tapped her because, like, hey, we had a nice time making LA confidential and you need money.
2: Uh, oh my God. Oh my God. I don't even know why I didn't connect those two fucking dots. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah that...
1: They had to connect. There had to be some sort of relationship there because I mean, I'm really really no longer
2: confused. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the first time in a while that I'm no longer
1: confused. So rarely does any of us get to say that.
2: Oh, man.
1: Well, should well, we do the rounds and see what everybody thinks?
2: Yeah, I might as well wrap it up.
1: Well, Eric, you chose this film. I think yeah. you should lead us off. Well,
0: to anyone out there that does enjoy the film, we're, we're glad. I mean, we've cracked a lot of jokes, and we've come at it uh, aggressively, but I think, um, you know, dynamically, um, it was a huge film. And I'm sure it inspired a lot of people in, in ways that maybe we can't understand or we're not emphasizing in a way that makes sense to good you point. and your own experience. Um, but for me, this is, uh, it's a stale script. I mean, it, and it's got some good points, most notably Heart, Heartland's own Blair Whiteman, predominantly featured in his olive green sweater, <laughs> but there's just, there's just not much to the story that I haven't seen before, especially in an underdog story, man. And, um, Uh, for the majority of the film we just got a bunch of brats on the fucking playground and it it just doesn't seem mature and i think that's what bugs me here uh, at this age in my life to see a movie that doesn't have enough to say when it definitely should when it comes to this genre of music and storytelling i mean sure i'll give you that slant rhyming is is a form of uh artistry Um, and yeah, there's something there. I mean, there's not to name another movie that dabbles in it. Okay. So there's originality there. Um, okay. There's just too much asinine trash for me. Um, I mean, what are these? What is this guy's problem? He's got a hot mom and like a (laughs) dumb friend. Like, what is this guy's problem? He's got a job. Yeah. You got fired from Little Caesars, but you've got two women, uh, after you. What is the deal here? Um, it doesn't hold up for me, man. It looks good and it's got some decent performances, but there's, there's not much for me to chew on 20 years later, man. It doesn't hold up.
1: All right. Doesn't hold up for mm-hmm. Eric. I'll, I'll go next. We'll have the our guest round us out here. Thank so, you. I watched this movie and it came, when it came out. Not in theaters. So I, I saw it in early 2003 and went, oh, that sucked. And uh, then 20 years of my life passed and I started a podcast and Eric maybe watched it again. And, uh, and I went, oh, that still sucks. So, um... Again, I think, Eric, you make great points about um, how if you do enjoy this movie, I, I'm, you are seeing things that we don't see. And I do think that there's probably plenty. Again, I am clearly biased against this film for a variety of reasons. It's just not for me. So I, I don't think that anyone is surprised by my response here to say that it doesn't hold up. I will say that it did surprise me in a few places. Eminem's performance was better than I thought it would be um that i was surprised by a couple things that 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 he didn't need you know new love to inspire him and move forward that he actually was able to kind of do stuff on his own uh singly i thought that was cool so there is there is moments here and i can see why someone would um would appreciate it especially if it hit you at a certain age uh, where maybe you needed a message about believing in yourself and that kind of stuff, and where you could relate to characters with this kind of juvenile behavior. Um, but, me, yeah, for me personally, it's just, I, I I, can't relate to it, and I find it extremely juvenile, and uh, I hope everyone that enjoys it continues to enjoy it just far away from me. Doesn't hold up.
0: All right, Luke. So what do you think, man? Again, thanks for coming on the show, yeah, and you bring up uh, great yeah. points that are totally welcome, but Break it down for us, man. Sum it up. Where are you at at this point?
2: It's <laughs> totally welcome, but I was waiting for you to, to give me a singer. <laughs> yeah, going. I was waiting for a singer. I after after talking to you guys, uh, I'm lowering my IMDb uh, viewpoint here. Uh, probably, I went from thinking this would be like an eight, just in my opinion, down to at least a six or at max is six it i thought you know what i'm breaking it down to a five or a four i'm i'm very <laughs> pissed i'm very pissed oh, off i'm actually very pissed off now at the uh at, at curtis hansen and uh, who the fuck wrote it again joel silver joel john Jones. silver Silver. Yeah. John, yeah john john scott silver all right it's insanely stupid the uh <laughs> <laughs> the, the screenplay is the screenplay is uh completely end loaded for this freaking rap battle. And that was the entire that was yeah. the entirety of the of of the everybody in that executive room, that's the only thing they thought about. And the only reason they did that is because they're coming out of the 90s where like this rap thing was a fucking thing that they needed to fucking cash in on yeah. and to to your points earlier that's a hundred percent correct and so who should we pick they pick the white rapper and that is probably the most uh that is probably the whiteness factor that outrageous. I am not going to argue against they picked the white rapper who is ascending that's instead of picking dre for instance they made that dre movie they made that fucking easy movie way like way later. oh yeah way later so many years later they use their own goddamn kids in the goddamn movies so yeah. straight out of compton uh it, and that it, that says a lot and that says a lot about how the uh the film industry works it works Literally in that way, it is uh, it is purely based on you know extracting extracting value out of you know whatever kind of cultural fucking totems are out there, and that's the one. That was the yep. one Solution. in 2000, 2001. That was the fucking thing. Eminem and like 90, it was 98, 99. He was the biggest goddamn thing in in music. Like MTV back when it was music videos. Eminem. And he's still the biggest thing in fucking rap, like in terms of not only like respect across the board, well, a lot of people don't, but uh, sales. He He is still that draw. If they were to bring that movie back to him again as a sequel, it would still be a fucking viable option. And that kind of scares me because I do not want to see that fucking movie.
1: So it doesn't hold up?
2: uh where this is a rotten tomatoes 50 50 thing it holds up for me because it it holds up for me because it is not a blatant it's not blatantly against uh kind of class dynamics uh to me that was the one thing that made the movie work i think the uh the obsession that we have now with um race and and cultural identity pod- politics is absolutely silly and to me that's childish and so i think this is more mature than that so i think it holds up but i don't think the bar is high at all so that's it
0: there it is we've said it all and now travis it's that time again you look disappointed
1: uh i'm just
2: he's annoyed about what i said okay, I need to, i'm gonna leave it at that
1: i'm not annoyed at what you said i'm just like i mean i i, I think i need to listen listen a little more clearly because i think i may have misheard you or misunderstood and and then you said something somewhat you know um about race that i'm like wait a minute did you did did you just say that arguing that discussing race is juvenile because obviously that you that yeah you, you think that discussing race is juvenile
2: Oh gosh, uh no, I think it's more juvenile compared to uh discussing class. I think it's I think discussing race obviously is important. Of course, we understand that we all live in a fucking world that was defined by that um you know, every fucking territory we sit in has been carved by that. We understand we understand that, but the obsession and the the absolute fetishization of race and culture is absolutely fucking overlooking the 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 real dynamics underneath which are class dynamics which are the things that actually fucking I'm not a class essentialist I think it's both and as opposed to either or okay, so well. I shouldn't have said juvenile thinking I don't know you probably can't clip that out but you know I shouldn't have said juvenile but I think every fucking movie i see now is like a goddamn uh testament to the the laziness of our fucking uh own ability to like process our own environments and there there is there is nothing that's being said that's new anymore it's like uh black history month uh, viewing on hbl max like that that is part of Black History Month now. That is part of February. Is that they're just gonna pump out a bunch of stuff that is not actually going to even appreciate the fact that like literally every one of these guys, uh these men and women had a very strongly held political fucking belief about fucking socialism and Marxism. And sure,
1: sure. And I all like that. I think it's important. It, it's
2: whitewashing all when I say juvenile, I mean like. Most of the stuff about race is literally only about race, and that is whitewashing out all of the politics and the things that actually motivated any of these people to do any of the things that they're doing.
1: Okay. So um, let's get ready and discuss what our next uh, film will be. Govier is not here with us today, so he can't tell us what he's chosen. But Luke, That's I believe he's, he's told you.
2: Oh yeah, just um I'm gonna keep it a secret. I'll tell you guys later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Keep it secret, keep it safe. Well that I'm... it's
2: the uh the movie for next week is uh 1998's Hurley Burley. Oh <laughs> there it is, finally Hurley you Burley, another it. dump hurley, classic. Hurley. Another I can't history. believe you guys haven't done this one yet. Yeah, me neither. Hurley yeah, that Burley, kind of, man. Tits it in blows, your ass. blows my mind.
1: <laughs> wow. Um, I have strong feelings about this movie, and that which is why I wouldn't have picked it.
2: I and actually commented back to Govier using quotes from you from 1998. About Hurley Burley? Oh <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, when he said it to me, I thought he was uh texting to the group, and so I responded thinking that you were on it, but no. Oh Hurley Burley. Uh, that early. was that was watched as almost as much as Rounders,
1: Ravenous, and uh, good yes, Laundry. and Ravenous, a good hunting, <laughs> <and Laundry. and laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. that's
2: it, yep. Hurley Burley, we've talked about oh all those, other,
1: yeah, we've talked about all those mo- other movies on, the, on this podcast, some, and how we watched them ad nauseum. We haven't properly discussed Hurley Burley and its role in all this, so I'm glad that he he's chosen it. I'm ready to put eyes on it again. Great, great call, Mike. Great call. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Luke, thank you again for for jumping in last minute and helping us out here. It's always a pleasure to have you on board and thank discuss you. class and everything else with you. Like class, and also class, and sometimes even class. Um, <laughs> I love you, buddy. Thank you
2: so much. They will.
1: There too. is no will. They won't. We we will.
2: Well, well, why won't? Uh, if anybody has any problems with anything that I've said, uh, please please DM Mike Gauvier, um mm-hmm. yep. and. At uh, what, Palazzo Podcast or wherever? The far, I don't know. I don't even Just know him how to reach it.
1: You can get us. And yeah. if you enjoyed what Luke has to say and his insights, again, the name of the podcast that he has with Mike Gauvier and some other gentleman is called Is It Safe? Uh, we strongly recommend that you give that a shot. Give them a listen. Anything else, uh, Luke, before we say our goodbyes?
2: Yeah, don't take me too seriously when I say things like uh, – You know, something is juvenile. Let's, (laughs) we can all take a step back. We can all take a step back. Again, I should letters. have
1: listened more carefully. I was like, "Wait a minute! Did he just wait? What?" So I mean, yeah.
2: I Let's take a step back. Sometimes <laughs> I speak a little bit out of turn, but yeah, lo- lo- love you guys. Uh, I love uh, race and I love uh, culture. <laughs> Luke loves racing and culture, guys. And, and I, yeah, and I love class too. I mean, you know, I love. I love going to class and learning lose about yourself, and you culture. Know? It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, don't don't lose yourself. Oh, don't find yourself. It. You wow. have to Mute find yourself. yourself. Mute yeah, yourself. Uh, spaghetti. To mute yourself. Mute yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mute right. yourself is probably the probably the best way to go. Mm-hmm. We
1: will do this again next week, All right. presumably with uh, the regular three. We are a cinema nine podcast. Again, please yeah. wait and review. Thank you everybody. Have a great week. Adios. Adios.